106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You guys are going to want to watch this video to the very end because I'm about to make a very good point. Would you date someone who's trans? No. Would you date someone who's black? Yes. Would you date someone who's fat? Maybe. How big we talking? Like an offensive lineman? Then probably, maybe still. Would you date someone who's disabled? Pro yeah, probably. Okay, so here's my point. Why would you throw in the conversation comparing dating black people with trans people, with fat people, with disabled people? What the the skin tone have to deal with any of that and how about i'm just i'm a guy i'm a man i love women the most beautiful things ever created and i don't want to date a chick with a weenie with with, with, a, with a hammer you you are the you guys are weird not me i received an email from the department of health with a link to the cdc advising me as a physician that they were going to adjust the way death certificates were completed. What did adjust death certificates mean? They said in this document, if you think that COVID-19 was a contributing condition, you can put it down as a cause of death. And I said, no, there's a box two on a death certificate called contributing conditions. That's where you put contributing conditions. If it's emphysema, if it's asthma, influenza, we put it in the contributing conditions box. We were being told, with this disease, we could put it as a cause of death. I really believe that our police force has decided to just say the hell with it, and they're just not really pushing the issue like they used to. They're not holding people accountable. So if I have a number of petty thefts, right, more than two, more than three, at some point, there used to be the law when you had what's called a petty with a prior. And if you had enough of those, you could have a felony. They stopped that. So you can have 30 petty thefts on your jacket and never be sent nowhere for it, never be held accountable for it. But when I got out of prison, I was actually getting ready to go back in with your sell drugs and use drugs. Pro agents said they're gonna violate me and send me back to prison. Everybody said, you need to go to a program. So I went to a program. I went to Delancey Street. And actually, Delancey Street is what actually saved my life because part of their philosophy is accountability and being responsible for your actions. Before that, I never did that. I never took responsibility for anything. I always blamed everybody on the planet for why I did what I did. And I'd make excuses for it. We have to begin to teach our communities and our folks how to take responsibility for their behavior, not make excuses for it. Today, we salute you, former Budweiser drinkers of America. Together, you've sworn to never drink another drop of Bud Light or any other beer from Anheuser-Busch. Ancient history. Sure, it might taste like piss from a hamster, but it gave us a cheap buzz. Oh. And a cheap buzz is exactly what we've needed over the last two years. You said it, brother. So while there might be a tear in your beer and a hole in your heart, Hold your heads high and know that today is a new day and there's other beers in the sea. Southern Comfort, like it in the bottle? You'll love it in the can. Okay, now that's... It's not going to go over well with... Uh, a Ford Motor Company, F-150, built trans tough. <laughs> Capital One, what's in your man purse? Uh, Jim Dandy, quick rich, just like your birthing person used to make. Uh, Walmart, always low prices on puberty blockers. Well, that is... Wonder Bread, we apologize for our whiteness, is it? 
Uh, Skittles, you'll taste the rainbow and you'll like it. <laughs> and Marlboro Reds, come to where the flavor is. Okay, that's... Uh... This is Lou Benninger, and you are listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 213, 213, and it will appear on April 29, 2023. Thankful that you're listening to us today. Uh, We know there's thousands of podcasts you could listen to, but um, we're going to be here for six 20-minute talk uh, segments and then some clips in between. So uh, you can stay as long as you like, and I won't even know that you disappeared if you like to, but uh, it'll be uh, informational and a little bit entertaining from start to finish. Uh, I want to start today by uh, just giving you a couple ways to connect with me. One easy way is my cell phone number. I just I'm down to one number nowadays. You know those days when you had two or three numbers? Now I'm down to one. I'm so happy. And it's 530-713-1838. 530-713-1838. It's, I'm on the left coast, but you can call or text me anytime you're up to it. And uh, seven days a week, I'm good for all that as well. You can also email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com nohostagesradio.com again it's Lou L-O-U and uh, that is a uh, nohostagesradio.com is our website where these podcasts are housed uh, after we're done with them and you could go there and pick them up or old ones if you want or if you miss part of it you want to go back and listen to for instance or all the different options you have in life so those are the two ways to get a hold of me we also do a live show if you go over to that podcast website, you can you can click on Listen Live and listen to a live show on Saturdays from 10 a.m. in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. And uh, that's, of course, our time, Left Coast time. If you want to listen to a live show, we're doing uh, a little bit. It's a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know how it sounds different, but uh, we do cover some different topics because it's actually broadcast live a few days after this is recorded. So let me start today by just repeating two quotes from back in the 17 and 1800s that I mentioned last week. And many times I think quotes just go in in one ear out the other, but these have particular relevance for today. So uh, the first one is by John Marshall in 1819. He said, an unlimited, 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 an unlimited power to tax involves necessarily a power to destroy because there is a limit beyond which no institution and no property can bear taxation. And right now uh, in California and throughout the United States, uh, we're into tax time. We're actually... 
beyond the uh, April 15th limit. So, but that's no big deal. If you file an extension, you're good to go. So, in it, and then Samuel Adams in 1776 said, if, if you love wealth, and when, when I say wealth, you probably have a uh, mental picture. I want you to think of yourself as just being able to have enough, a roof over your head and enough to eat, and that's wealth. If you love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude or being a slave than the animating contest of freedom or the fight for freedom. These people actually are, were young and had a way with words, which we many people here aren't even literate anymore when they graduate from high school. Let me just say that first line again. It's kind of a, uh, I like to listen to it. If, if you love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude than the animating contest of freedom, go from us in peace. In other words, that, that reminds me of the old bumper stucker bumper sticker love it or leave it right love it or leave it and then he finally says as a uh, final sentence may your change chains sit lightly upon you and may posterity forget that you were our countrymen pretty harsh words but uh they're good words because they're describing exactly what most americans are thinking and believing and feeling nowadays is they don't want to put their wealth up for for uh, an offering to get liberty. They'd rather give up liberty than give up their wealth, and they would rather uh, if they could if, if servitude, if being a slave was peaceful, they will take that over fighting for freedom, because freedom is going to take a fight and it's going to cost you something. So if those are the type of people you are today, Samuel Adams said, you're not America DNA. You, you have got some kind of strange DNA going on in you. We don't want you among us. And uh, so he just says, be a slave, and may your poster posterity forget that you were our countrymen. In other words, whatever you are enjoying, uh, don't even mention you're an American. One of my friends that just moved to town, a couple, the Serafinis, just posted this. I'm not sure whether they wrote it or they, uh, they're connected to Judy Mikovits, the famous scientist. I don't know whether they wrote it or they picked it up somewhere. Dr. McCullough, they're referring to Dr. Peter McCullough, the famous heart surgeon, world-renowned. They say Dr. McCullough confirms that doctors in the United States received a $250,000 bonus check from Big Pharma if they reached a 70% vaccination rate within their patients. I have an article coming up right soon that just came off the press that I just saw that relates something to like this says your doctor who convinced you to take the jab based on fear knew exactly what they were giving you it was never about health it was never about stopping transmission it was never safe it was never effective it was about money depopulation and control millions have died from this experimental vaccine and more are dropping dead on a daily basis lawyer up people this is nuremberg 2.0 And then at the bottom, it says COVID-19 
equals the biggest psyop or psychological operation in the world or in American history. Now, this, I, I was all ready to go to go to press to record this. And up pops in on my email. It's an article from the Children's Defense Org, Bobby Kennedy's group, that has a whole team checking out the pharmaceutical world. And they, f they f uh, sue the pharmaceutical world when the pharmaceutical world causes problems in people's lives. Title is Pfizer gave millions of dollars to independent groups to push COVID vaccine mandates. So if you thought that the whole COVID rollout was just all in the interest of humanitarianism, whether it was on the government, health and human services, or the science, uh, the science organizations like California or the Centers for Disease Control or World Health Organization or the National Institute of Health, all those things, do you think, oh, they're humanitarian? Far from it. It says pharmaceutical giant Pfizer in 2021 made numerous grants to medical associations, consumer groups, and civil rights organizations. Why? Grants. For the purpose of creating the appearance of widespread support for COVID-19 shots. According to Lee Fang, investigative journalist, as the vaccine mandates rolled out in 2021, Pfizer stayed quiet on the question of mandates. But public health groups, patient advocacy groups, doctors associations, community groups and others, along with the Biden administration, actively advocated for vaccine mandates as a key measure to protect public health. Why? They were paid, according to journalist Fang. Now disclosures, new disclosures from Pfizer's posted by Fang on his Substack uh, articles show that many of these same groups are taking money from Pfizer while they promoted the idea that the vaccine or the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines were safe and effective. You remember that term was voiced in the Yuba Sutter area by our doctors? Turns out they were medical whores. They took money to say things that were not true and just do tricks for the pharmaceutical industry. So the vaccines were, were you were supposed to say that they're safe and effective despite of lack, a lack of scientific data to back those claims. Prominent groups on the extensive list of those who took money from Pfizer while pushing the mandates included Chicago Urban League, American Academy of Pediatrics, the National Consumers League, the Immunization Partnership, the American Pharmacist Association, the American College of Preventive Medicine, the Ac Academy of Managed Care Pharmacy, uh, the American Society for Clinical Pathology, and the American College of Emergency Physicians. Many groups did not disclose their ties to Pfizer. In other words, there were many, many groups that took money and endorsed the jab against all facts, uh, but they're not admitting it now. These groups, uh, Fang told uh, uh, political commentator Russell Brand that they appear in the news media, they create events, and they create a discourse that looks authentic, that looks organic, but it benefits the bottom line of their benefactors or Pfizer, the companies, the pharmaceutical companies. Fang said many of the organizations, particularly civil rights organizations like Chicago Urban League and National Consumers League, 
have powerful influence precisely because of their independent status. When these groups speak out, it affects, according to Fang, quote, it affects how regulators see these issues and how the public sees them. When they see these third-party groups that have some credibility, these are famous organizations that are known for standing up for the public interest. When they say, hey, these mandates are a good idea for the American public, it seems genuine, but they aren't disclosing the Pfizer money they took which is a relevant factor when you are talking about a policy that compels Americans to take this toxic product. At the federal level, the U.S. Department of Defense mandated vaccines for military personnel, and the Biden administration mandated them for federal contractors and for all employers with 100 employees or more. You remember that? The latter uh, mandate was struck down by the federal court. That's the one with the 100 employees or more. Universities mandated the vaccine for students and staff, ran into many university students taking that jab. Many public and private employers across the country mandated vaccination themselves. Several school districts across the country mandated vaccination for kids. Here's the punchline, but it has since been revealed that in March 2021, when Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Rochelle Walensky, listen to this. This gal is so completely corrupt. She is a liar. She's a big liar. Rochelle Walensky publicly and unequivocally stated on MSNBC that vaccinated people would not get sick. There was never any evidence to back that. She just was blowing smoke. In fact, within a few days... The CDC had to walk back her statement because vaccine people were getting sick left and right, as they say, much more than the unvaccinated community. Biden also falsely claimed that the vaccinated would not get sick. Remember, Dr. Liu was suggesting that here, local Yuba study. She is another uh, COVID whore. She is a big pharma whore. And she uh, repeated what they said. It was lies, all lies, not even close. Saying people would just go back to normal. You wouldn't have to wear a mask. You wouldn't have to social distance. You wouldn't get sick. You could go back and have your old life back. That was all a lie. Nobody had any proof of that. No one, no one, no one. Pfizer isn't the only actor among big pharma that quietly finds third parties to do its work. In other words, you get a third party to say something nice about you, right? When you toot your own horn, people always are suspect, aren't they? Like when advertisers said, we're the best radio station or we're the best car dealership or we're the best Toyota dealership. It's better to have another person, an impartial observer. But are they really impartial when they get millions of dollars from Big Pharma to say a script? Many pharmaceutical firms covertly, that secretly, shape public opinion and regulations through the use of front groups and financial relationships with community organizations. For example, now this, this goes off into the oxy world, you know, oxycodone or oxycontin that's produced by Purdue pharma and they are in big trouble. We're going to talk about them before the show's over, but this is another big pharma group. And this is exactly what they do. Purdue pharma secretly, funded third-party advocacy groups to encourage looser criteria for prescribing its highly addictive opioid painkillers. It admitted it 
in court deposition. As for Pfizer, Fang said, third-party funding is just one of the many strategies for drug maker, the drug maker deployed to drive COVID-19 policymaking. This was nothing about the hard science. This was nothing about people going to drop dead left and right of COVID. This is about propaganda that was paid for and was designed to deceive people. And many of you were deceived by it. Big Pharma, along with the Biden administration and its intermediaries, also lobbied to suppress those who dare question the vaccine program. Remember all the names they called? You know, when people can't bring facts to the table, they bring names. Flat earthers, right? Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna pressured Twitter. You heard of the Twitter files being leaked? Well, now we know that Pfizer and Moderna pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to set moderation rules that would flag purported COVID-19 related misinformation. What was that misinformation? That was top doctors in in our country and others saying uh, what they're saying about COVID-19 and the jab isn't correct. They suppressed that. So you couldn't make up your own decision impartially. As part of the effort to drive the national conversation about COVID-19. All this information is now coming out in the Twitter files. He says pharma is unique in the raw amount of money they spend to control the entire public sector on regulatory, on policy, on everything in terms of how it affects medicine as it is practiced in the United States. Big pharma controls big medicine. Big Pharma controls the medical schools because they fund a lot of the research. Big Pharma controls who gets medical licenses. They control the medical boards. So it says, according to OpenSecrets.org, you should put down that organization and look at their website and donate to them. OpenSecrets.org. I'll say it a third time. OpenSecrets.org. Last year alone, the industry, they said last year, uh, the big pharma industry spent $372 million lobbying Congress and federal agencies, outspending every single other industry on the globe. And each year it increases its spending. Why? Because it works out good. Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla, who admitted he never took the jab, also said he, he is in favor of reducing the world population by over 50% is on the board of Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, the top individual lobbying spender in the industry, which spent $29.2 million last year. Pfizer itself spent more than any other drug company on the earth. The industry also speak, the big pharma industry also spends massive amounts of money on advertising. Pfizer alone spent nearly $2.8 billion on advertising for its, all its products and 2022 the covid vaccines if you want to call them that they're not but they're they they list them that way i call them the jab netted 37.8 billion for pfizer in just 12 months this had nothing to do with health it had nothing to do with uh human saving humanity it had everything to do with putting a jab in your arm, achieving compliance, deceiving people, doing a PSYOP, and making billions for the richest people in the world. 
Their profits were up from, in other words, 2021, they, they made 36.7. They, they netted, not, not since sales, this is net. 36.7 billion 2021, 37.8 billion 2022. The company's overall earnings hit a record $100 billion. That's overall earnings. Big Pharma and the CDC did similar work to promote mandates and vaccinations. In other words, they knew there was problems with this jab. They knew it wasn't going to do what they were saying, but they said it anyway to deceive you and thought they could get away with it. And basically they did with most of you. We're coming to the end of our first segment. We're going to take a couple clips worth of break, and then we'll be right back. The USA is getting scarier. Half of the Americans I see all hate America. They hate the cops doing their best to take care of us and kneel for the flag and salt the soldiers that we're burying. I'm tired of the fishing and complaining. Why you living in America if all you do is hating? You think it's brave to take a stand against the nation. Real bravery is dying for the right so you can say it. Dear America, what happened to Americans? Apparently no one's aware or cares that it's embarrassing. It's arrogance. Our greatest enemy was always slavery and terrorists. And now it's people in the country trying to burn the heritage. I can't help it, I just seem to see the world different It ain't Republicans or liberals, it's mental illness The internet is only interested in left opinion Cancel culture's got more power lately than the First Amendment If you don't like it, leave, we will not defund police We don't want no riots in our neighborhoods or in the streets We respect freedom of speech, we protect what we believe We don't want nobody dead, so please do not tread on me In America, the freedom ain't free In America, Well, I saw it, so now you have to where the f does it say that you have the right to an AR-15 in the Second Amendment? It doesn't, probably because it hadn't been invented yet. Go ahead, show me. I'll wait. I'm a, I'm a whole civics teacher. Well, for a whole civics teacher, you are making a lot of half ass I've never seen the word AR-15 mentioned in the Constitution. Go ahead, show us. Okay, civics teacher, let's see if I can help here. The reason why the founders used generalized terms like arms instead of specifically listing out every weapon system that existed then or could exist in the future was because they were protecting a general right. Kind of like they didn't specifically mention means of communication when they talked about your freedom of speech because they knew technology could change. They didn't call out specific religions covered under freedom of religion. They didn't cover out specific news agencies covered by freedom of the press. It's because they were protecting general rights and they use their words very carefully to protect us from people like you. That's why I'm running for re-election. Please don't do this. Just, just don't. That's why I'm running for re-election. Are you seriously doing this? Are you honestly doing this? Is this happening? Wow. Wow. You're really doing this. You don't have to do this. Like, please, you don't, you don't have to do it. That's why I'm running for re-election. No. Ugh. That's why I'm running for re-election. Wake me up from this nightmare. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Finish the job? What is the job complete and total destruction? That's why I'm running for re-election. No. Let's finish this job. I know. 
I don't feel like an ethical person paying taxes in California. I think we're just losing our moral character. Our taxes are actually enabling crime, drug addiction, drug dealing. It's not just that our taxes aren't solving the problem, they're actually creating the problem. We have policies which basically says that we should just give apartment units that cost $750,000 to a million dollars a year to anybody who says they want one with no conditions of sobriety or abstinence. We are allowing an open drug scene to exist in front of City Hall in San Francisco. We allow immigrants who are here illegally from Honduras to sell fentanyl and meth and other hard drugs in open with no consequences and that results in the death of two people per day. So I feel like I'm living under apartheid South Africa or some other immoral system and it's not right. It has to change. I think the voters are there. They want to see change. If you're not paying $8, you don't get your blue check. That's what's happening on Twitter and celebrities and previously verified accounts are responding. And here's what they're saying. The brilliant legal mind of Alyssa Milano has weighed in on this. And this is what she says. So by revoking my blue check mark because I wouldn't pay some arbitrary fee, someone can just be me and say a bunch of bullshit. Does that mean Twitter and Elon Musk are liable for defamation or identity theft or fraud? <sighs> Here's the deal, Alyssa. If you if you have to sue somebody to come up with the, the $8, just, just message me, okay? We can take care of this. Okay, and we got Ben Stiller next. Ben Stiller has weighed in. He says, no blue check. Still feel like me. Well, I'm just so thankful that Ben Stiller does not find his identity in a blue check. He doesn't find his identity in a blue check so much so that he decided to get on Twitter and announce to the world that he no longer has a blue check. Oh, and Dan Rather has weighed in. Dan Rather says Tucker Carlson has a blue check. So does Sean Hannity and Elon Musk. The NAACP and New York Times don't. I'm more than good being one of the latter. Are you, Dan? Are you? Dan, you literally lost your job for lying. Stephen King also felt the need to comment, and this is what he said. My Twitter account says I've subscribed to Twitter Blue. I haven't. My Twitter account says I've given a phone number. I haven't. Wow, that is that's deep. And I'm so thankful that you shared this. Stephen, um, because if you would have paid $8 to support free speech, my whole perception of you would have changed. <laughs> and then I would have had to like reevaluate. And I just, so thank you for clarifying. Ryan Whitney has also weighed in. And I don't know who Ryan Whitney is, but he's a guy from Barstool Sports. And he, he said, I never wanted a blue check mark to begin with. Now, it's easy to see the pigeons who actually pay for this dumpster fire of an app. And Ryan is still with us. I checked and he's, he's still on the dumpster fire of an app. So thanks for sticking around with us pigeons, Ryan. Okay. This next one I have to, I have to put on a wig. I, I got you um, because it's fun. It's fun to play crazy. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. This one 
is Bette Midler, okay? Did you ever know that you're me? Elon, deciding that I'm not me, I'm a fake and obliging me who has contributed mightily to your platform, at least until you tweak the algorithm and tanked my metrics, to pay monthly because you don't have enough money and you're humiliated because everyone thinks you're a pathetic douche. <laughs> it's the funniest thing you've ever done. Let that sink in. Sorry to hear about your rocket. So I don't think that Bet is at all upset about Elon's rocket. <laughs> oh, and, and Alexander Vidman has also weighed in and he said a blue check mark now kind of feels gross. You know what's gross, Alexander? Is intentionally leaking classified documents to undermine a sitting president in order to advance a political agenda. That's, that's gross. Okay, I actually feel like my IQ dropped a little bit reading those tweets. I wanted to mention uh, some of the people that are helping us here on uh, be on the internet and then on the air when it goes live. And that's Will Fanning and his co-workers out at All Power Services at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. That's just south of the main city, right off Highway 99 to the west. You can reach him easily by text or phone at 530-844-0347 once again. Eight four four zero three four seven. What do they do? They fix anything that has power hooked to it. So if you've got a rocket, they'll fix your rocket ship. If you've got a weed eater, they'll fix your weed eater. Uh, if you've got power nail clippers, they can fix your power nail clippers. They can put in a motor in your car. They can fix. They can service all your vehicles. Uh, they can fix your water blaster your sandblaster, all those types of motors they can fix. All Power Services is called, and uh, they're easy to get a hold of, and uh, that's Will's cell number, so he answers it all the time, or you can just text him. Also, Allen's Auto Body, if your car's been in a fight lately, somebody scratched your car, bumped your car, something, the headlight broke out, you picked up something that happened, you're... you're uh, Something inside your car broke, your seat broke, something broke, they can fix it. Allen's Auto Body, they're the big yellow building at the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter. You can't miss it. It's bright canary yellow. Reach them on a landline at 530-671-1057. If you're not used to the area, that's in Yuba City. Tea Garden at Sutter Street, Yuba City. They're different than the typical auto repair shop. How could you be different? Well, you hope that everybody will end up doing a good job for you. But they are honest people, and they are really kind people. They'll treat you right and get your job done really quick for you. So uh, Kevin Kevin and his wife, Kelly Clark. Or Carrie Clark, sorry. Sometimes I get my tongue twisted there. Carrie and Kevin. All right, so um, I wanted to go back down to the payoff. The government of the United States were paying people to lie 
The Center for D- Disease Control Director Rochelle Walensky was lying. Fau- Fauci was lying. Deborah Burks was lying. Uh, and they just lied, lied, lied. So everybody's blaming Trump. I, 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 uh, Trump can take responsibility for his own words, but the fact is he is not a doctor, but he was trusting the top doctors in his administration that he inherited basically from the previous administration for the truth. And he didn't get the truth because they're all paid off, all paid off. Isn't that sad? But at least we're knowing about it today. Uh, so I told you about Pfizer. I told you about Purdue, which is the oxycodone people. And I told you about how much money they're all making. Uh, since 2021, Pfizer started funding community groups. The CDC has has also doled out on uh, hundreds of millions of CDC in grants for the creation of culturally tailored pro-vaccine materials. Culturally tailored. Now, in other words, that means that when they went into the black community because they'd killed so many black people with the syphilis uh, training and sterilizing pe- or syphilis treatments and sterilizing people and all kinds of chemicals they put in black people, they knew that a lot of black people were not going to be vaccinated and many Mexicans, same. So they're culturally tailored. What's that mean? That means they know how to lie to them. They wanted to convince. How do they convince influential messengers like pastors and black leaders and Mexican leaders. They pay them a lot of money. They pay to play. They're whores. Our supervisors, we have 10 of them in Yuba Sutter County. They are whores. They were paid lots of money to deceive you, to, to lock you down and to destroy your lives. Our health officials in this, these counties are medical whores. Our doctors in, in representing many areas of medicine to go on and say these uh, shots were safe and effective, well-tested, are whores. They're liars. For those grants, the CDC sought out community organizations that would communicate the CDC's message without a CDC trademark. In other words, we're not saying this. You ever heard an actor saying, I'm not saying this just to make money. I I use this product. I drove this car. I did this. I did that. They're separating themselves from the, the CDC in this case, right? In another case, the CDC hired public relations firms to write what looked like news articles. In other words, they're fraud. They're not really news articles. They're advertisements to write what looked like news articles, but were actually placements created to persuade parents of young children and elderly people. We usually want the harshest punishments for people that are damaging young people. In fact, Jesus said it's better that a person have a millstone strung around his neck and him thrown into a lake than to stumble a young person. And the Bible talks clearly about honoring old people. But in this culture, we murder our young, called abortion, and we murder our old people, which is what they did in the care homes with COVID. Our our health officer was involved in this, Fong Lu. So they focused on Spanish-speaking people and black people. Both Pfizer and CDC used their findings to target these communities that had lower vaccination rates. In one case, 
They both funded the same organization, the National Hispanic Medical Association. That means Mexican doctors lied to jab up the Mexican people. I'm telling you, Mexican people, pay attention. This is serious stuff. They're liars. I was shocked that doctors that I once respected in the Yuba Sutter area had actually treated me before. Lied about the COVID thing. I thought I thought I, I thought they were so smart. I mean, I I mean I actually experienced their discussion. I could talk to them and about my health and about things. And they, I thought I, I thanked them for for the fact that they went to medical school and they could help me make some really uh, critical decisions about my own health. And then they turned right around and lied about the jab and that's now killing people and and causing people to have heart attacks children's health defense organization found that the uh, one organization the national hispanic medical association received two million seventy thousand dollars to say the Go get those shots. We can do this. Come and get them. How much would it take for you to say something that you think would kill your neighbor? Oh, I, I think there's people kill their neighbor for 500 bucks. I've told you, you take me out for a tuna sandwich or a salad. I'll remember you for the rest of my life. You want to pay. Doesn't take much. Particularly when there's millions of dollars and these people all over are getting millions of dollars. Yuba County got millions of dollars. Sutter County got millions of dollars. They still have COVID money and they let their, their uh, residents suffer and lose their jobs, lose their houses, lose their, their businesses. And they still have the money and stashed over there. It's disgusting. It's evil. It's criminal. And yes, there should be a Nuremberg 2.0. Now the, the latest thing in, in the state capital in Sacramento is that they are pushing through what they call the HPV, quote-unquote, vaccine. Human Human papilloma virus, HPV. And the idea is that somehow that causes cancer, the virus. And so they came up with a a vaccine that's supposedly going to keep you from getting cancer. And they want to vaccine children, right? And uh, and there's a debate about that. And they want in Sacramento, they want to make that mandatory, like a lot of other vaccines, to go to public school or government propaganda schools. And maybe they'll even try to control private schools. But now we have lawsuits being filed by young women who took this jab, the HPV vaccine. They call it Gardasil, Gardasil, G-A-R-D, Gard. A-S-I-L, Gardasil. It's put out by Merck, M-E-R-C-K. It's another big uh, vaccine company. The lawsuit filed on behalf of Caroline Cantera, 25, uh, is the first lawsuit to allege Gardasil can cause cervical cancer. She was a healthy girl, athletic girl, going to college. Everything was cool. And she went and got those shots because she believed what she was told by the media and the advertising. And she got one or two or three shots. I think it tells here in this article. 
And then she started to have problems. She got the very cancer that Merck was supposed to avoid by Gardasil. Cantero alleges that New Jersey-based Merck and Company and subsidiary Merck, Sharp, and Dome oversold Gardasil as a cervical cancer vaccine and downplayed known health risks to enhance sales. Same thing they're doing with the jab, the COVID jab. Cantero's attorneys filed a complaint, and now dozens uh, of folks have come forward. And uh, so it says, according to the complaint, Merck never studied whether Gardasil prevents cervical cancer. That is, that's have a, a true ring. Pfizer never could come up with the fact that they were going to prevent COVID. They never pulled that off. Now Gardasil never proved that they could prevent cervical cancer by giving this jab. But can you imagine how much money's in this if they jab every female? Instead, the drug maker tested Gardasil to determine if it could prevent the development of certain lesions, some of which are considered related to cancer, even though a majority of such lesions, even though sometimes serious, regress or disappear on their own. That's all they proved. They did not prove it could stop, but they're promoting Gardasil that you're going to, the first time I heard about HPV vaccines, I heard it going to stop, stop cancer. Long before Gardasil was introduced to the market in 2006, cervical cancer rates had been plummeting by up to 80% with just because people were getting pap tested regularly. And then they thought, oh, no, we'll just give them a jab. We're going to make money on these girls just like cows. They fast-tracked a U.S. FDA approval. Merck engaged in a relentless marketing campaign, falsely proclaiming that Gardasil was a cervical cancer vaccine, quote unquote, and that any young girl vaccinated with Gardasil would become one less woman with cervical cancer. Ms. Cantera alleges Gardasil can actually increase the risk of cervical cancer. The Gardasil vaccine label, spe- label specifically states Gardasil has not been evaluated for potential to cause carcinogenicity or genotoxicity the complaint also cites rapidly climbing cervical cancer rates among young women in countries where gardasol has seen a high uptake of use this is so typical of the corruption of big pharma they don't care about people they just think you're an animal to to make some money off of Cantero was 19 years old when she received the first of three Gardasil shots. She said she agreed to receive Gardasil after being convinced by Merck. So many people are convinced, what, by millions and millions and millions of dollars to uh, third-party organizations to say, this is wonderful, take it, it's going to save your life. Same thing they did with COVID. Same thing they did with Dr. Lou on all those YouTube films. Lies, 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 twisting your arm, threatening you. The vaccine was, through prolific marketing, was purported to be safe and prevent cervical cancer. Before HPV vaccine, Cantera was healthy, never had to go to the doctor for anything other than regular checkups and physical exams for sports. She received routine pap tests, all of which were negative. She was healthy as a horse, someone once says. In high school, she played tennis, regularly went backpacking, loved 
spending time outdoors. She was happy, carefree, etc. After her Gardasol injections, Cantera experienced unexpected fatigue, intense stomach aches, and overall weakness throughout her body. The fatigue and occasional abdominal pain continued until she noticed that her period had lasted over four weeks. On and on and on it goes. And now we have a woman with young woman wondering whether she's going to survive. In September 2022, Wisner Baum, that's the attorney firm, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., chairman on leave from Children's Health Defense, filed their first wrongful death suit against Merck, alleging the drug maker's Gardasil vaccine caused the death of a 13-year-old Noah Tate Foley. 13-year-old killed this Noah Tate Foley. Wisner, Baum, and Kennedy have filed numerous lawsuits against Merck, alleging the company knowingly conceals the adverse events associated with Gardasol. I'm going to read the names of these women because they're probably all going to die. Victoria Trevisan, California. Merrick Brunker, California. Amina, excuse me, Emma Sullivan, New Jersey. Ashley Dalton, Michigan. Abigail Stratton, South Carolina. Savannah Flores, Nevada. Corrine Health, Health, Connecticut. Kayla Carrillo, California. Michael Colbath, California. Sahara Walker, Wisconsin. Zachariah Otto, California, Julia Belasco, Rhode Island. Those are cases that are already being uh, consolidated to be uh, handled in, in one state to make it easier for all involved. Now, all of the plaintiffs agree that if Merck had told the truth about the known dangers associated with the shot, they would never have consented to the vaccine. Now, that's true of the COVID shot. They had to lie to us and deceive us in order to consent to it for those who went along with it. Many, many people have jab remorse. So in this uh, write-up, it says, if you or your child suffered harm after receiving the Gardasil HPV vaccine, you may have a legal claim. Now I'm going to give you a phone number, so write it down. Or you can text me later, and uh, I'll, I'll give it to you again. If you are in a place like driving, you can't, you can't write it down. But the number for Wisner Baum, B-A-U-M, Wisner Baum, for a free case, it's free, free case evaluation. Uh, you, you may be able to just look up Wisner, W-I-S-N-E-R-B-A-U-M. That's two guys or two ladies or one of each Wisner bomb. You could probably just Google that. Don't Google it. Do duck, duck, go or somebody other than Google. They're corrupt. Or you could dial them up at eight, five, five, nine, four, eight, five, zero, nine, eight, eight, five, five, nine, four, eight, five, zero, nine, eight, eight, five, five, nine, four, eight, five, zero, nine, eight. They may take your case. If you think you've got problems since you took the HPV, some of you don't have a backbone. And I, I just stumbled across this today on social media. I thought, this is perfect. This is where people get stuck. Person writes, I heard this story once about a teacher who took a fish out of the fishbowl in the classroom and left it on the counter. 
in front of the children as it flopped around. The teacher walked out of the classroom, leaving the fish gasping for breath. She told them if anyone left their seat while she was gone, they would be expelled. All the children sat and watched as the fish flopped, gasping for air, not wanting to get up in order to get, avoid getting in any trouble. Finally, a girl sprang up from her seat and ran to the fish, placing it back in the fishbowl. Ultimately, she was the only one who refused to watch the fish die. When the teacher returned, the teacher was a he. The girl, the savior, was a she. So when the teacher returned, he told the class that this was all a lesson. That the fear of getting in trouble should never stop you from doing what is right. That's sometimes that sometimes you may have to oppose authority or groupthink simply because it's the right thing to do. Let me say this again that sometimes you may have to oppose authority and groupthink simply because it's the right thing to do. The girl stood up against the voice of authority and did what was right and saved this little fish. Today, most people, Bobby Kennedy suggests over two-thirds of the people watched the fish die in this case with COVID. We'll be right back. We got our third segment coming up right now. Back in April 2023, things got bad as bad as they could be. I remember overnight. Uh-oh, but light. Like a train wrecking a movie scene. This is not a drill or me. Marketing for Bud Light. What, um, what is that? This beer has a complex woke flavor that's hard to identify. It's a bit nutty one day and kind of fruity the next. But trust me, you'll love it. Right now, there's a party going on at Heineken. And others too, they couldn't buy a stroke of luck like this if they'd won. Lights, they're a horse to 
swimming at the age of four. I'm 22 now, so I dedicated 18 years of my life to swimming. And so my senior year, I had made it my goal to win a national championship. Middle of our season, all of a sudden, this person, Leah Thomas, comes out of nowhere, posting the fastest times in the nation by multiple seconds. Never once did it occur to me that this could be a male until, of course, an article was posted saying that Leah Thomas was formerly Will Thomas and swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania. Day of competition, both qualified for finals, top eight. Almost impossibly enough, we tied. So I go behind the podium and the official looks at me and Leah. He says, we don't really account for ties. So Leah takes the trophy. And I said, okay, well, why are you giving this trophy to Leah? And he kind of stumbled, but he said, well, Leah has to take the trophy home because Leah has to have it for pictures. And so that's truthfully when I was done waiting for someone else to stick up for us because I thought someone who was supposed to be protecting us would protect us. At three o'clock today, the government, Big Brother, is going to practice its Armageddon alert, which will come to your phone. And people say, well, it's no big deal, no big deal, just a, a government warning. Yes, it's the government letting it know it can control you whenever it chooses. And I ask you a few questions. Did you give permission for the government to message you on your phone that you pay for with your contract? No. Do you think it's by chance that it's being done on one of the busiest days of the year? So there's the London Marathon, there's the football on, it's St George's Day. Or could it be that the behavioural psyops unit that is used to nudge us into action so to control us or to coerce us. Could it be that they chose this day? Because this is when the useless meat eaters are gathered together. Some people say, well, Katie, we're such an overreaction. This is for emergency weather alerts, you know, like typhoons or cyclones or fire. Hmm. Last time I was near a fire and it was a very big fire, I could smell it. Not only that, I could see it. And other people were talking about the fire because humans are quite good at communicating that way when there's a bloody great fire coming to burn their ass. And then let me think, when was the last time we had a cyclone or a typhoon here in the UK? Oh yes, that would be a uh, never. And then finally, of course, if there was ever an Armageddon level incident, not only would I want the alarm to be a bloody loud one if I had to hear it at all, but I'd much rather go and have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or give my kids a kiss. I don't want to be looking at my phone. And quite frankly, with the way the world is going right now, maybe an asteroid or some kind of nuclear event is exactly what this world needs. I suggest you do as I've done. Find some young person, you know, some young person. Give them the, your phone and say, turn these things off. So for every 10 people who are putting he and him, him in their electronic J.P. Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry, I don't want to fight, but like, I'm not doing that. It's a betrayal of what I think is true. It's a betrayal of my conscience, of my faith, of my sense of myself, of my dignity as a human being, of my autonomy. I am not a slave. I am a free citizen, and I'm not doing that. And there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it. And I hope it won't come to that. But if it does come to that, here I am. Here I am. It's Paul on trial. Here I am. In New York, a third of all the shoplifting cases are by 
327 people in a city of 8 million because they keep getting returned to the streets, which has to be terrible for the morale of the cops, that they keep arresting people on the same people. It's Groundhog Day for them, like Chicago. Like, most of the, the shootings are young black men killing other young black men. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's correct. Why doesn't anybody talk about that? Why aren't there a hundred giant black celebrities who would have the respect of those people saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Why are you killing each other? 85% of black students lack proficiency in reading skills. People who can't read, yes, they're going to have problems with gainful employment. And it seems like, you know, a lot of times the solutions that come from the left seem symbolic. They don't seem like we're actually addressing what really needs to be done is get kids learning, get them reading, get them able to have a job. third segment, and I want to mention um, Dr. Joe Cassidy. He's a family physician that works for Peachtree Health here in the Yuba-Sutter counties, and he used to be the health officer for Yuba County uh, until he retired, and he used to be the jail doctor for Yuba County for over 20 years until he retired, but now he practices uh, for Peachtree Health, and uh, he does regular, regular, regular medical work with families, and he also takes care of a lot of addicts helps addicts so he and i are working together because the government of yuba sutter is not dealing with the addict problem we have now they're just beginning to talk about fentanyl and we've had a problem all the way through covid with fentanyl and now trank nobody's dealing with it over there so they got all the money but they they specialize in sitting behind their desks that i call them uh political paperweights and they just don't do much and so uh we are encouraging addicts to call Peachtree Health. That's 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and get through to Dr. Cassidy, and when they ask you why, just say addiction and uh, and get through, get hooked up with an appointment. We want to check you over. All addicts are different. They all have different illnesses. They have different, they're different ages. They've been on drugs longer or shorter amount of time. Some need to go to an inpatient. Some need to go outpatient. Some need to have some medication right away because of withdrawals, etc. So if you can get in there, if you have problems getting through on Peachtree Health's line, uh, you can call his number. Uh, what I want you to do is text his number, not call his number. You got it? Don't ever call his number. He's busy with patients or he's sleeping at night, right? Don't blow up his phone. So text this number, 530-682-8648, 682-8648, and just put in your name, addiction, and your phone number, and he'll call you back. He's not going to call you immediately back if he's taking care of a patient. You may not be working, but he happens to work. Like a lot of people call me all the time. And because they don't work, because they're not doing anything with their life, they think I'm not doing anything. So you can reach me. If all else fails, you can dial me up and talk to me, or you can text me any time of the night or day, seven days a week. I'm the easy one to get a hold of, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. 
1-800-273-8738. Also, if you have any medical needs, uh, Nelly Garcia is the best in the area. You think, well, she's a paralegal. It's called North Valley Paralegal. You think, oh, wow, I need an attorney. Probably, probably you don't need an attorney. And most people think that. It's actually the more difficult way to go, the more expensive way to go, and you get less service through an attorney, less good service. So you can go to North Valley Paralegal. That's right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department in Yuba City at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. If it doesn't say North Valley Paralegal at 202A, it may say Senator Jim Nielsen. That was his old suite. But he is gone. She is there. 202A. Just go up there. Or you could uh, you could make an appointment. That would be a good way to do it. 530-751-9289 if she happens to be out and about uh, and you wanted to talk to her face-to-face. 530-751-9289. So earlier I was talking about how the pharmaceutical companies are no different than a car company or a clothes company or a food company. They're selling products. And they're, they're giving you, instead of them acting differently in a humanitarian fashion, they just sell their soda or whatever they're selling as if it's the best thing since sliced bread. Isn't that sad? So we, we have kind of thought if you, if you saw a, an, uh, a product by a pharmaceutical company on television or on the radio or on the Internet pitching something and it addresses something you've been struggling with you think oh man i'm going to talk to my doctor because that will stop that but then they list all these side effects and many times the side effects are worse than what you got and many times that the testing is fraudulent you think wow you mean scientists are liars yep they are and the sad thing is it's become that way because they're getting paid to do research and to come up and and to say that item is a great item. This, this is a sa- lifesaver for you. So they are. So what they told about COVID was exactly the wrong thing. They lied. Fauci lied. Redfield was not honest. Rochelle Walensky was a liar. She was the next CDC director. Deborah Burks lied. All these people are liars. And then people repeated what they said, like health officials and the president of the United States, for example, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Remember, Joe Biden says the way to make our country well again is every single person get jabbed. Remember that? Joe Biden, he can't even find his own underwear in the morning. But if you look back on other products, look up Viox. V-I-O-X, killed 60,000 people, estimated, Viox, till they took it off the market, 60,000. It, it was a pill. The owners of OxyContin, you hear it, it said con, Condon, Condone, there's different ways it's said because of the different types of the product they put out, OxyContin. The OxyContin maker gave $19 million to the institute that shaped the federal opioid policy. You think that pharmaceutical companies should be telling the government what the policy is on how the drug should be used? Do you know, 
have you ever had uh, any tooth work done, teeth work done? I mean, you know, when you get a knee surgery, some of my friends had knee surgeries in high school. I've had knee surgeries later on. Joint surgeries, b- badly broken bone. Sometimes they'll give you some sort of a, a opiate, some type of opiate, Vicodin, something, Tylenol plus codeine, something to kill the pain to you first few days pass. So sometimes you get uh, wisdom teeth pulled or something happens in your mouth. They need to do a little surgery, right? And so they were giving a lot of these medications to young people and old people, but young people who got over the pain pretty quick because they're young. But the, the high and the addictive nature of OxyContin was so powerful, uh, they didn't want to go back in and get more surgeries. They just wanted more of the pills. Now you think, wow, if that's that addictive, like I've taken it before and it felt good and it killed the pain for a few days while I took it so I could get recovered enough to endure what minimal pain it was at that point after a few days. But addicts tell me the people that now use it regularly, Lou, the first time I took it, I just wanted to take it all the time. Well, I didn't have that feeling. That's the difference between me and an addict. It doesn't mean I'm a better person. I just didn't have that super desire to take the whole bottle and then go get some more. The OxyContin people sold OxyContin as a, as a non-addictive painkiller, opiate. Non-addictive. Amazing. Totally off the charts amazing. That people, it was highly effective, kill pain, boom, but would not cause addiction that was a complete lie they fabricated that it became one of the they they got all these third-party uh approaches going let me just tell you a couple high points as the opioid crisis in the u.s grew the national academies of sciences engineering and medicine an advisory group that helped shape the federal government's response to the crisis accepted took millions of dollars from the Suckler, Sackler family. So when you ever think of OxyContin, think of the Sackler family. They, they owned Purdue Pharma. And they came up with OxyContin and they were the sole deliverers of that. They made billions of dollars. And they sent millions of dollars where they wanted to frame in, massage, and dictate the policies of how to, how to use it and how it was going to be promoted. The donations occurred despite ongoing legal battles and a number of settlements involving Purdue Pharma in recent years. And as other public health entities, including the World Health Organization, severed ties to the drug ma- maker. In other words, they thought this drug maker is moving, some of these pharmacies are moving tens of thousands of, of uh, caps of, Oxy or tabs. The new revelations came as questions emerge about the lack of transparency regarding how money from several opiate related opioid related settlements has been used by state governments and the federal government's lack of oversight in connection to this issue. According to the data from the CDC, more than 564,000 Americans died as a result of the opioid overdoses in a 20 year span. The opioid epidemic costs the U.S. economy approximately $78.5 billion every year. But it's making the Sackler family bajillionaires. 
Several members of the Sackler family, including Dr. Raymond Sackler and his wife, Beverly, contributed $19 million to the National Academies since 2000. The National Academies Treasurer Report for 2021 stated that these funds were invested and had grown to more than $31 million. According to the Times, the Sackler donations emerged as an internal issue for the advisory group in 2019. When members of the these there were some honest people on this governing board of this these policymakers. When they were briefed about the the money they took from the opioid industry to tell them what kind of pitch they wanted to give about opi- opioids, they were outraged. In quotes, outraged. That's not my paraphrase. After internal meetings, the National Academies quietly removed the Sackler name from conferences and awards the family had sponsored. This is true in every field. When you have to get in charge of your own health, if you think, oh, I'm just going to take that because a a doctor so-and-so said, there's a good chance that he's getting money out of this deal, or he's been hustled, or he's been propagandized, or, or, or. You need to do your own research. At one point, the National Academies had not disclosed that one of its presidents and members of a panel that convened to advise on prescribing opioids had recent links to the drug industry. So what we have is a revolving door between who sits on the federal or the Food and Drug Administration. You have these leaders that that are the committee of the food FDA, and then they leave the FDA and they go into the private industry for big pharma. Then they leave big pharma and go back to the FDA. They go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They're totally compromised. One of the reports issued in 2011 continues to be used by the federal public health agencies as a basis for policy decisions on opioids. And he says that report today is largely discredited, but they still use it to make public policy. I'm telling you, people, the government of the United States of America is one screwed up mess. One screwed up mess. The report claimed this is the report that's now been discredited, but but was used in 2011 to set public policy. That report claimed that approximately 100 million Americans. How many Americans live right now in the United States? Is it 330, 340 million? Hold that, hold that number. Just pick a number and hold it. 330, let's stick with that. The report claimed that approximately 100 million, how many, what, what percentage is 100 million of, say, 300 million? It's 33%. They said the report claimed that approximately 100 million Americans suffered from chronic pain. Do you believe that's true? I don't believe that's, that's, they don't have any evidence for that. They just made that number up. They wanted to make it high enough to scare the hell out of people and to think this is so huge. That's why we need to really push oxygen. In other words, man, if there's a hundred million people in chronic pain, all these doctors out there, thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors in America must have a lot of these people in their practices that are suffering from pain and oxys are going to stop it. It was hot and highly that that estimate they they eventually said was a highly inflated estimate. Who put that estimate together? That would be the Sacklers and people they paid to do that. And then they paid off this committee to 
to support their view. This report helped influence aggressive opioid sales campaigns on the part of drug makers and influenced the approval of at least one highly potent opioid by the USDA or the U.S. Food and Drug, U.S. FDA. And that is Oxy. As the years passed, in the years preceding their publication, Big Pharma lobbied for legislation which passed in 2010 that would recognize pain as a significant public health problem. Purdue was also called for national academies to issue similar recognitions. Meetings between Big Pharma, Purdue lobbyists, and members of the academies followed. In 2014, an investigation uh, by Milwaukee Journal Sentinel said today we found that within three years of working on the report, nine of the 19 people on the panel, this impartial panel that produced had financial connections to make the narcotic painkillers. If you have nine of 19 people, they're going to make millions of dollars in some cases or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Do you think they're going to say use cautiously? No, they're not. They put out lie after lie after lie that is killed that are now killing 100,000 plus a year in the United States. They kept citing all the way up to recently in 2016 Dr. Robert Califf, C A L I F F. He's been he's been interviewed recently as one of Biden's appointees in the medical system. In 2016, he is still using the 100 million person figure of chronic pain. It's a totally fallacious, baloney figure. It's a lie. But they're using that to set policies on why they need all these oxys. And the fact is they don't. They just got all kinds of people addicted, and it's very, very hard to get off them. That's just the way it is. The Purdue people have filed for bankruptcy now twice. There's been so many lawsuits. There's a there's an information you can check this out. Op- opioid, you got to learn how to spell it yourself. Settlement Tracker, opioidsettlementtracker.com shows that these settlements their payoffs now of of being lied to, the same lies about Gardasil have been made about Oxy. They're telling that all the good things are going to do and none of the bad things. Johnson and Johnson had to pay out $26 billion. The big three drug chains, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, had to pay out $13.8 billion. Teva, $4.2 billion. Allergen, now part of V, $2.37 billion. Malincrot, that's probably uh, a European firm, $1.7 billion, and Indo, uh, $450 million. These are all payoffs for wrongful death suits. Purdue Pharma, the Sackler family, this is a, this is a huge pharmaceutical company owned by a family. The Purdue Pharma has twice pled guilty to federal criminal charges connected to its marketing of OxyContin in 2007 and then again in 2020 and has faced a spate of lawsuits. While none of those lawsuits have gone to trial, 
because they paid them off, you know, settled out of court, basically. Many of those cases have been, uh, well, anyway, I, I already said it. Purdue, listen to this, Purdue Pharma, or the Sackler family, continued to promote OxyContin to doctors as as just the best narcotic out there. No side effects, no addiction. And doctors just believed it, right? Safe and effective. You heard that before. As recently as 2018, they continued to promote oxys. By then, the Sackler family had amassed an estimated wealth of $10.7 billion from sales of the drug. You think the cartel's making money, baby. Or the local drug dealers, you think, oh, drug dealers, I can't believe it. How about the Sackler family? You feeling good about them? How about Albert Vorla of uh, Pfizer? You feeling good about old Albert? How about Fauci? He's all getting, he's making millions and millions of dollars off all this. He and his wife. Feeling good about them? They're no different than the common drug dealer. The family has repeatedly denied any responsibility for the nation's opioid crisis. Is this amazing? Is this amazing? I, I just think it's fascinating. Uh, in 2020, oh, we're going to take a break. We're, we're halfway through. We'll be right back. of your staff did you fire at Twitter? One of the great business stories of the year. <laughs> I think we're about we're about twenty uh, percent of uh, the original size. Uh, so eighty percent left. Uh, yes. Eighty percent are gone from the day That's you took over. Yes. So how do you run the company with only twenty percent of the staff? Turns out uh, you don't need uh, all that many people to run Twitter. But eighty percent—that's a lot. If you're, if you're not trying to run some sort of uh, glorified activist organization. Uh, with, with, uh, and you don't care that much about censorship, then uh, you can really let go of a lot of people, it turns out. <laughs> Kids are being led to believe and parents are being led to believe that you can step in with these very powerful medications, these hormones, and you can deny biology and you can pause biology. You can create a persona of the opposite sex without paying a huge price. That is the lie that's being told, that you're not going to pay a price for this. Oh, yeah, there might be a few side effects. No, 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 no. I mean, like a whole missing forearm, for example, and a penis that doesn't work, and, and sterility and lowered voice, decreased bone density, and the increased probability of the development of cancer, and no evidence whatsoever that there's any, any mental health benefit, and all the trauma that you put your family through and all the regret that's going to emerge later in life when you find out that you're sterile, no ability to breastfeed and complete loss of erotic sensation in the nipples and et cetera, et cetera. You mean those risks? The act of sacrifice involves transmuting something of value into something else. When we sacrifice a stick of incense, the resin is transmuted into smoke. When we sacrifice our own time to serve others, our selfishness is transmuted into compassion. Sacrifice is a way to demonstrate devotion and dedication to God. But the dark occultists who wield power over mankind practice an ancient form of sacrifice known as blood sacrifice. 
The occult is known for executing these blood sacrifices on certain calendar dates throughout the year, such as the satanic grand climax of summer, which is celebrated every year at Bohemian Grove with the cremation of care. The East Palestine train derailment occurred on February 2nd, Candlemas, a fire festival for the dark occult. The Nashville shooting occurred on the climax of Ostara, a week of sacrifice for the spring equinox. Spring is peak season for satanic blood sacrifice. And we are now at the grand climax of spring, which begins on April 19th and climaxes on May 1st, the holiday known as Beltane. April 19th and April 20th are two of the biggest blood sacrifice dates. The Branch Davidians were massacred in Waco, Texas on April 19, 1993. 168 people were murdered in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995, under the watchful eyes of the CIA. The idea of mass school shootings was inculcated into the minds of the public at Columbine High School on April 20, 1999. The BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico was on April 20th, 2010. This year's April 19th and 20th are especially important to the dark occultists. We are in the middle of a three-month period that astrologers have been predicting since the end of last year, a period that began in the middle of March, which ends this June. According to the astrology, this rare culmination of events is all about a major transformation of the world's money system and the astrology for April 19th and 20th is especially intense. There will be a solar eclipse in Aries, described as a time of societal breakdown, destruction, and rebirth. And the corresponding new moon has been described by one astrologer as a day that may be remembered for a long time to come. Traditionally, the purpose of blood sacrifice is to gain favor from the supernatural to strengthen one's own spiritual power and as a way to symbolize and memorialize a significant spiritual transformation or rebirth. But according to Michael Hoffman, they are now performing these rituals for the general public. Occult expert Michael Hoffman calls these dark occultists the cryptocracy and claims they have involved mankind in a process of transformation being orchestrated by these blood rituals. He wrote that, these murders are actually intricately choreographed rituals performed first on a very intimate and secret scale among the initiates themselves in order to program them, then on a grand scale amplified incalculably by the electronic media. In the end, what we have is a highly symbolic ritual working broadcast to millions of people, a satanic inversion a black mass where the pews are filled by the entire nation and through which humanity is paganized, brutalized, and debased. Today, all of us can relate to being brutalized and debased by our governments. Hoffman explains that the reason this is being done to us is to make us submit. We are at the end of the ritual and the cryptocracy are now putting it all on the line. He wrote, if the truth of what the cryptocracy has perpetrated is grasped and acted upon, the consequences for the conspirators will be annihilation. But if the people fail to perceive the truth, 
or fail to act on their perception, thus rendering the process a kind of tacit consent born of apathy, amnesia, and ebullia, the consequence for the conspirators will be a giant step in the advancement of their system of control. That is to say, ever tighter bonds of enslavement for humanity. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. My wife told me she Googled signs your marriage is in trouble, which is a pretty big sign her marriage is in trouble. <laughs> it's tough being married. New rules pop up all the time. I'm pretty sure she makes it up as she's going along. The other night I got home at 11 o'clock, caused a fight because I told her I'd be back by 10. Yeah. So now I overestimate a little. Like before coming here, she was like, when are you coming back? I was like, February. So in October 2020, the U.S. Department of Justice announced a $225 million settlement with Purdue Pharma regarding a program through which Purdue represent, representatives intensified their marketing of oxycodone to extreme high-volume prescribers. There's some doctors that were making a lot of money, and they were, they were uh, people— they became well-known in the community. Drug addicts would tell you who the doctors were that were high-volume prescribers— they were providing opioids for uses that were unsafe, ineffective, and medically unnecessary. And it often led to abuse and rehabs. Other lawsuits against Purdue Pharma regarding OxyContin have taken a roundabout route through the courts. The DOJ statement also announced an $8.3 billion settlement with Purdue Pharma for its role in perpetuating the epidemic. At the, times, at the time, it was noted it is unlikely that the company will end up paying anything close to the $8 billion negotiated in the settlement deal. This is the recent one. Because it is in bankruptcy court and the federal government will have to take that. I'm, I'm, I'm going through this details to help you get a clue of who you're dealing with when you see big pharma or the doctor says, oh, take this. It's wonderful. I'm not saying that you should never take a medication again. I'm saying you should have a healthy dose of skepticism because you're being taken to the cleaners on a lot of these issues. And the big pharma is not about your health. Big pharma is pitching a lot of different chemicals to doctors to make a lot of money. So I want to mention Thrifty Rooter. If you've got problems with your pipes, your drainage, your water pipes, your drainage, your septic, any of those types of things having to do with your waste or waste treatment, Thrifty Rooter or thriftyrooter.net is what their website says. You can go to thriftyrooter.net, check out all their services, where they're located. Uh, they're located all over the Central Valley here up in the north end, Yuba, Sutter, Butte, 
Nevada, Calusa. They even work in Lincoln, California, which is in Placer County. Thrifty Rooter will be there quickly, and they'll solve your problem. You can dial them up. It's a landline, 530-673-8201. They got dispatchers ready and waiting. You don't just get some voicemail, 530-673-8201. Or you can just go to their website at thriftyrooter.net. Check out what they do. Look at all the pretty faces. There are people that are working for you. And then just write them a note there. Put your address and phone number, your name. Send them a little missive, and it will go miraculously and land up over at their office, and then they will send somebody your way calling you up. Say, we're coming. So I, if, since we're up in the rural area in Northern California, if you've, if you've got a septic tank and it's giving you fits, those boys can fix that. And they can pump it out and give you a little relief until they get the real problem solved. So thriftyrooter.net, that's one way you could go at them. Or you could dial them up at 530-673-8201. Don't text that number. I don't think it'll work. I think it's just a landline. But give them a shout, okay? And I want to mention also uh, Dave Greenitz Construction. They do the finest bathrooms and kitchens in the area. They, they focus a lot on Yuba Sutter counties. They might go out one more county, like they might go out into Gridley area or maybe over into Calusa. I'm not sure, but, but certainly Yuba Sutter, and they got plenty of business going on. And I'm in contact with those guys all the time. I know several of their workers and some of their subcontractors. So, But the easiest way for me to really sell you on the idea that these guys are the best is to send you to their platforms. One is... Their website, which is green, the color green with ETZ on the end, greenitsconstruction.com. Or if you like Facebook, you can just go to a Facebook page called Dave Greenitz Construction and go there. And they have before and after photos of the actual work. And sometimes they'll even show a floor plan and how they changed it around. But uh, you'll get a chance to see it, and you won't have to go driving around or interrupt a Somebody say, hey, can I, can I check out your kitchen? I heard they really did a nice job over here. But you can kind of peruse and look at the kind of kitchen that might fit you guys or the kind of bathroom or the kind of the bathroom layout. It might say, oh, that would work perfect for us or that wouldn't work. That's way too big for us. But you could check that out, and then you could send him a, a message off any of those sites, or you could dial or text him, Dave Greenitz, at 530 682 9602-682-9602. All right. So I'm talking about the corruption of Big Pharma. And I you what you shouldn't do is trust anybody outright in the Big Pharma business because they're paying everybody off at the legislative level, uh, at the uh, lobbying level of the state government and the federal government. And it's all a big scam. It's what, you know, did you remember that Gavin Newsom in California here, while he had us all locked down and you couldn't leave and your kids couldn't go to school, he went over to the French Laundry, which is a a five-star restaurant in Napa County, and uh, people threw a fit because he was over there without masks on. You know, it's kind of like if we're miserable, you got to be miserable. He was sitting shoulder to shoulder at the dinner table. People took photos of him. And the interesting thing was many of the people that were at that dinner that night were pharmaceutical lobby people. 
And so they cut deals and support the governor. And then when the governor needs to buy narcotics or medication that are going to be distributed, for instance, in the prison system of California or in the jails, or they authorize certain dis- distribution or maybe even through federal or uh, state subsidized health departments, uh, you know, they make they cut deals on those things. Right. So that's how we get into predicament we get into, and uh, and that's a little bit about the uh, the lie. You know, it's interesting when anybody wants to pitch something to you. Uh, they always want to make the pro- they say they're trying to sell you a problem like something's wrong with your house, your roof, for instance. They always portray it, dishonest people portray it as much worse than it really is, or the plumbing or whatever. whatever. Why? To get the job, to get a sense of urgency, and to make more money on the job. They deceive you. Politicians, they always exaggerate the problem, so then they're going to come in and solve it for you, right? So it says here, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to leave it at that and not go back to the Sackler family. But if you just remember Purdue, you're going to hear Purdue and the Sackler family. And now we got a big problem uh, now with fentanyl on top of that. And now we have a bigger problem, which the local officials are not involved in. They're they're just waking up about syphilis over there at the health department. And we have, we have a big I've been talking about syphilis all the way through COVID because I knew the health department was not addressing the sexually transmitted infections deals. And when you don't do that, people get damaged. Babies get damaged. Babies die uh, from syphilis and other, and have, and other people have problems where they can't have children anymore because they have scarring and trouble because they didn't address the problem of sexually transmitted infections. Our health department ignored that. I call it the death department. Because that's what it is. It's nothing. All they, what they did during COVID is create a lot of death and a lot of destruction and cause people a lot of hurt and trauma, cause people to take their own lives. And so uh, now they have ignored fentanyl and the heroin epidemic for three or four years. Oh, yeah, the sheriff's department was dealing with it. But the health department, the health officer's job title is described. You can look it up on the internet. She or he, whichever the case may be in your county, are supposed to address dangerous drugs because it's a health crisis. And we, and we have one of the worst ones in Yuba County, where I'm sitting tonight. We have one of the worst counties for fentanyl overdoses in, in the state of California. That's of 58 counties. All right. So I there's two books that I have mentioned here before. Uh, that if you really want to know what's going on, please, folks, pl- I don't know. I guess all I have is the voice. Please get off of mainstream news, including Fox News. It's a waste of time. It's just garbage. It's it's like eating garbage for your brain. There are two books, one written by Judy Mikovits called The Plague of, of Corruption. The Plague of Corruption. 
Bobby Kennedy Jr. wrote the introduction to that. That was my first introduction, although I knew of Bobby Kennedy. It was the first time I ever read anything he wrote, and I thought, wow, this guy can really write. The introduction to The Plague of Corruption by Mikovits uh, is worth the price of the book. I think the book, I don't know what it costs now, but anyway, I bought the book. I bought the book. I was so impressed with the book, I bought it for other people. But then in the middle of COVID, Bobby Kennedy put his research in, in a book called The Real Anthony Fauci, colon, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. This book is the, uh, is the, it's the amazing book on anti-Fauci. I think other people are writing about him. I haven't read their books, but I have both of these books. I would recommend that you get uh, both those books and read them. And then my friend, uh, hold on, my friend Dave Bryan just gave me this book called Zelenko. How to Decapitate the Serpent, and that's uh, Vladimir Zelenko, was a Jewish medical doctor in New York, and uh, he came up with the first ways to stop pe people from uh, dying if they had a bunch of comorbidities plus COVID, and people attacked him and ostracized him and tried to shame him and got pushed him off the platforms. But he had a rare form of cancer, and after he made it through the three years of COVID controversies, uh, he passed. But his book was put together by, uh, these are some of his writings, and, an, and another fellow named Brent Hamachek. And I'm just starting to read that. It's fascinating. Because the foreword to this book is written by David Martin, and he mentions a church here in Sutter County right in this book, Zelenko. And uh, so these books, uh, both those books, The Real Anthony Fauci and, um, and The Plague of Corruption. Mikovits has written other books. Mikovits is one of the top uh, scientists in the United States. She worked on the AIDS antidote and worked on many of the Ebola, all kinds of things. And because she told the truth about Big Pharma, etc., and and the criminal uh, corruption of the vaccines, what vaccines had become, uh, they uh, kicked her to the curb, kicked her to the big pharma curb, and had her arrested, though never charged, and uh, scared her to death, took all of her paperwork. They thought they took all of her notes to, just, to prove what she was saying. And anyway, uh, she, she's been writing books now. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is that there's a professor named Lynn Comerford, Comerford, C-O-M-E-R, Ford, Comerford, Lynn Comerford, Ph.D. She uh, is the director of women's studies at California State University, East Bay. So for you that are in other states, that's uh, San Francisco would be called West Bay, the west side of the bay. East Bay is over there where Oakland and Berkeley is. And so she in her she was teaching a class, uh, I think, on communities, children and families. And she, as required reading for her class, she included the two books that I just 
mention to you. And uh, some of the teachers there at the school threw a fit and said it was uh, anti-vaccine dogma and uh, began saying they weren't vigorously uh, researched. And so she fought about it. She didn't throw in the towel, but she stood up. She she was interviewed recently by the people at uh, the Children's Defense Group. They have an audio show called The Defender. And so p- typical uh, liberal professors, they, they sent out anonymous emails undermining this teacher. And uh, they alleged that she was indoctrinating her students by having her read the book by Mikevitz and the book by Kennedy that was revealing about Fauci and that, that she was anti-vaccination. But thank God for the, 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 the upbringing of Comerford. She said, while at Fordham University, as an undergraduate, she said, I read some of Albert Camus' work, C-A-M-U-S. And uh, he is, emphasizes absurd thinking. Camus believed the absurd is the essential concept and the first truth. He also argued the welfare of people has always been the alibi of tyrants. So what we had is tyrants taking over America and the alibi was they're going to save our lives, right? The welfare of people, according to Albert Camus, has always been the alibi of tyrants. So she was in a fight for her educational life and um, she said she grew up in New Hampshire area where where the slogan for the state is lived free or die I think we should also all incorporate that uh, we should say that in California live free or die so Comfort said fall semester 2021 faculty were mandated to be vaccinated against COVID-19. I I think that's all over California. Totally destroyed people's lives. In February 2022, three students out of 50 complained to my department chair about my assigning plague of corruption. So I had to defend the use of the class and the use of this book in my class, children in families and communities. She said, my department chair at the time emailed me and said she was concerned the book lacked academic rigor. I'm, I'm telling you, if you read The Plague of Corruption, it does, it does not lack anything. And she said the dean's office was made aware of this, and they are all stirred up too. So this person was just jacking her up, right? Comerford said she had no difficulty defending the book's academic rigor, telling the defender I think my department chair in the dean's office may have been surprised by the facts I emailed to them about Mikevitz and her book because I think they may have only been familiar with the slanderous attacks on her levied uh, by the by the uh, on, on uh, the internet and in the media. She said it's tough for bench scientists like Mikevitz who critique particular vaccines to experience the opprobrium of an industry that in 2021 spent 
$1.88 billion on advertising in the U.S. In other words, her job was to say, does this vaccine really work? Comerford said the matter was eventually resolved when the associate dean of the college, uh, respecting the student complaints, asked Comerford to email her a citation of a refereed journal article that pre- presents a view that is different from those of Mikovits. Anyway, I, the fact is they dropped all the complaints and the students really didn't have any complaints either. And some students applauded her for standing her ground. She said the anonymous administrator complained to my department chair that by assigning the book to my class, I was indoctrinating my students and also claimed that the book is controversial and has no relation to the course subject matter. The remember the course subject matter is families communities and children all affected by COVID and vaccinations when you're mandating vaccinations that are killing people and giving people autism. She said, I cannot, cannot assign a book to a college class because one anonymous person thinks it's controversial. She wrote, is that what it's come to? She says, a book that critically examines a 50-year career of Anthony Fauci, who has d- directly impacted the health and welfare of the United States children and families and communities, has no relationship or no relation to the course subject matter. The charges are absurd. If you read the Fauci book by Kennedy, it will blow your mind how many footnotes there are. The thing is so rigorous, it's unbelievable. We'll be right back. I really believe that our police force has decided to just say the hell with it and they're just not really pushing the issue like they used to. They're not holding people accountable. So if I have a number of petty thefts, like more than two, more than three, at some point, there used to be the law when you had what's called a petty with a prior. And if you had enough of those, you could have a felony. They stopped that. So you can have 30 petty thefts on your jacket and never be sent nowhere for it, never be held accountable for it. When I got out of prison, I was actually getting ready to go back in with you sell drugs and use drugs. Pro agents said they're going to violate me and send me back to prison. Everybody said, you need to go to a program. So I went to a program. I went to Delancey Street. And actually, Delancey Street is what actually saved my life because part of their philosophy is accountability and being responsible for your actions. Before that, I never did that. I never took responsibility for anything. I always blamed everybody on the planet for why I did what I did. And I'd make excuses for it. We have to begin to teach our communities and our folks how to take responsibility for their behavior, not make excuses for it. There is a fascinating case. A uh, Utah farmer enters Southern California in the very early 1850s, right after statehood. And he is advised before he comes, don't bring slaves there. He does it anyway. But word gets back about the existence of these slaves to the sheriff, who is a white man, who gathers a posse together and they find these people being held. They bring the slaves for a court hearing where the judge invites the farmer to come and present testimony and the farmer beats it. He gets out of California as quickly as he can. And the judge immediately emancipates 
the former slaves. Now, one of those is a woman named Biddy Mason. Ms. Mason delivered babies the way an obstetrician might today, and then becomes a property owner. And in her 50s, is already a millionaire. So let's summarize. African-American woman brought to California, liberated, who goes on to become one of the wealthiest landowners in Southern California. So this hardly matches with the commission's sense that this was a terrifying place for African-Americans to be. They come to California because they're treated far better here than they are just about anywhere else in the United States of America. The Washington State Senate just passed Senate Bill 5599, allowing the state to hide children from their parents. No allegation of abuse is required, just the child's delusional desire to change the gender of their own body. The bill compels state-licensed youth shelters to act as accomplices in castrating children without their parents' knowledge and allocates over $7 million to pay for the surgical and pharmaceutical castrations. According to this new law, if a child shows up at a youth shelter in Washington state and expresses the desire to change the gender of their body, claiming that their parents are against it, then the youth shelter is legally obligated to not notify the parents of the child's location, but rather to funnel that child into the destructive and horrific world of transgenderism, paid for by the state of Washington with taxpayer dollars, and it's not limited to Washington residences. Any young, confused, runaway child can now make their way to Washington to get castrated by the government without their parents ever being notified. The agenda to destroy Christian culture and the family was further demonstrated last month when scores of UN judges published the eight March principles for a human rights-based approach to criminal law proscribing conduct associated with sex, reproduction, drug use, HIV, homelessness, and poverty. The document states that these principles should be of immediate relevance to legislators, judges, and prosecutors at all levels. These principles include the right to abortion and transgender surgeries. They recommend the legalization of prostitution and all drug use. But the real offense is buried at the end of Principle 16, Consensual Sexual Conduct, where it states that sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual in fact if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them. And the reason for this was perhaps best summarized by communist Marxist Vladimir Lenin when he said, give me four years to teach the children and the seed I have sown will never be uprooted. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
Comerford drew analogies to the big tobacco. Before smoking was linked to lung cancer and the mainstream thought, there were three decades, three decades. I remember those decades. My parents, everybody smoked in my house. There were ashtrays at the end of every place you sat. Couches, chairs, there was always an ashtray on an end table with cigarette butts in it. Before smoking was linked to lung cancer and mainstream thought, there were decades of published research finding linking smoking to lung cancer. It takes a long time and a lot of lawsuits to finally get the word around to the public when injuring the injuring party is a powerful multinational corporation. The real Anthony Fauci lifts the veil on big pharma for the indoctrinated masses hypnotized by brought to you by Pfizer. I'm telling you people, many of you, like right now, I have many people that I personally know that have died from drug overdoses. Opiate, including uh, fentanyl. You're going to be able to say the same thing about the jab. I know people that have been damaged by the jab. I don't know how many people have actually died that I know. I know lots of people that have overdosed and died. I know people that have killed themselves during COVID because of Dr. Fong Lu's ridiculous mandates. Stupid. Murderous. She's a criminal, and she should be held accountable. The supervisors actually think they get away with this. They're criminals. They are political whores. They are financial whores. They took money into the county to, to push these mandates. These money, this money was conditional. You had to play by the rules of the government. Comerford says, if the faculty is not free to ask questions, even questions that turn accepted orthodoxies on their head, there is no growth and the purpose of the university ceased to exist. The pursuit of knowledge and truth is not a popularity contest. This philosophy is what prompted Comerford to have her students read the real Anthony Fauci and the plague of corruption. She said, because I took a critical cost-benefit approach to COVID-19 man- mandates, I ended up learning that many of the lockdown decisions were not, were at best misguided and at worst criminal. This is a professor at a, at a college right down the, a very liberal college, right two hours, two and a half hours from us here. She said, at best misguided, at worst criminal. I'm asking you. Yuba Sutter counties. When are you going to actually call things as they are? Black is black. White is white. She said, I felt a moral responsibility. Thank God for this professor. I felt a moral responsibility to share what I was learning with my students. She was learning and they were learning. She told them the truth. She did not tell them what to think or what to believe. I can't tell you. This is quite a long article, but I was so moved by Professor Comerford. Most of my students, this is so sickening. Most of my students in the Department, in the department of Human Development and Women's Studies, she's the chairperson, Most of my students were women of childbearing age. Listen to this, please. When I learned that CSUEB, that's her campus, was mandating an experimental zero-liability COVID-19 vaccine to pregnant women, 
I was infuriated. What could go wrong? I was reminded of the thalidomide catastrophe. If you don't know what the thalidomide catastrophe was, you need to look it up. I'll spell it for you. T-H-A-L-I-D-O-M-I-D-E. I'll do it once more. You need to look it up. This is, this is something that was in, created in Europe and endorsed all around the world to help pregnant women relax, get some rest, and, and be less stressed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, called thalidomide, T-H-A-L-I-D-O-M-I-D-E. You know what happened? Tens of thousands of babies were fantastically deformed when they came out. Twisted limbs, multiple digits on their hands and on their feet, fingers, too many fingers, too many toes, <laughs> screwed up bodies, totally fouled up. Very, look it up, th thalidomide catastrophe. She says, what could go wrong? I was thinking about the thalidomide. Why? Because she's pushing my age. She lived through it. And now we know that thousands and thousands of babies are being uh, lost in the first trimester because women took the jab. It caused them to lose their children. It's sickening, people. And these people are making billions, and they are smiling all the way to the bank. I'm telling you they are. The Bill Gates, he's in on it. Borla's in on it. All of these people from uh, the World Economic Forum, all these big shots are in on it. These people are weird. They're, they're, if, if you think, oh, I'm really concerned, you know, that person that got arrested for murder, oh, he's a really bad person. Listen, bad comes in lots of different flavors. These people... You think, oh, well, I, I think pedophile really ranks up there. These people are pedophiles. Many of them are pedophiles. They like pedophilia. They endorse it, even those that aren't. We have people like Rochelle Walensky who will lie. She is a, she is a medical hooker. She lied to promote people taking the vaccine that caused women to die, that caused children to die in the womb. Kids to get heart attacks because they took a jab. Children that would never have a heart attack. This, this article goes on and on. Then they paid people like Twitter and Facebook and Google and all these others to, uh, to cover, to delete, to edit out any alternative opinions like from Jay Bhattacharya, who's an MD, PhD from Stanford and wrote part of the Great Barrington Declaration. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on. I'm telling you, most professors would have given up and not fought the fight that this woman did. She says, Comerford noted that as part of the $2 trillion federal coronavirus aid and relief and economic security called CARES, we got CARES money, you've been Sutter, kid. 
In fact, the supervisors wanted all the CARES money they could get, and they were gladly keep this county shut down if to get more CARES money. That was their decision. That wasn't my guess. It's on tape. U.S. colleges and universities were allocated billions of dollars on the precondition that they complied with COVID-19 mandates. You know what they're saying right there? They said, if you want billions of dollars, you do what we tell you regarding COVID. You put on a mask, you have social distancing, you do Zoom, Zoom classes, you do this, you do that, you, you, you take the jab, right? They can't come to class, you take the jab. I've had numbers of college students come to me, how can I get out of taking the jab? Or I just took the jab because I had to get my classes, they wouldn't let me get my classes at Chico State, da da da, da. Did you hear what I said? The precondition to taking this money, it just wasn't money just to help people out. It never is that from the government. They're, they're pimps. The government are pimps. In another example, she said Yale University received in 2022 alone $607 million from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Do you think Yale University is ever going to stand up to Health and Human Services? Do you think that? They get... They get two-thirds of a billion dollars. Two-thirds of a billion dollars. They got $475 million in student tuition. Who do you think they're going to listen to? Students or the government? They got 150% of what they got in tuition. They got just as a gift from the government to do what they tell them to do. They're not independent. They're not researcher. They're not like... Independent thinkers, critical thinkers, independent scientists, they aren't. Yale received $9 billion from HHS since 1998. That's basically 22 years, $9 billion. You think you're going to do anything against the U.S. government, stand up against any of their requests? You are not. These people are bought out. $1 billion. Uh, anyway, it's... it's uh, Citing the words of Martin Luther King, Professor Comerford said, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. You have to demand it. You have to stand up to him. You have to be willing to fight. And I mean that in any way you want to interpret it. Comerford told the Defender, which is this interview uh, live show, she feels hopeful as a lot of battles over the last three years were fought and won by incredibly brave Americans. I would say that's true. I, I don't know whether I can join her in hopeful or not, but uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's pretty gnarly. It's pretty gnarly and pretty bad out there. I'm just telling you, you have to, and, and I've been telling you about these, uh, oh, let's see, Let me, about these websites. I want to just remind you again to go and check out, and that is, I want, there's two, for you guys local in, in Northern California, go to Sutter County, S-U-T-T-E-R, Sutter County, say no to new taxes. That's a Facebook site. Sutter County say no to new taxes. And another Facebook site, Yuba College Bond, number five, the hashtag, and then the number five, 
hyphen vote no. Yuba College bond number five hyphen vote no. And uh, also I want to give you uh, a website. That's a Facebook site as well. Uh, a website which is freedomco.net. It stands for Freedom Coalition Network. Freedomco.net. We're posting a lot of current information uh, uh, as well as a lot of researched information that many people haven't caught up with that are on various topics, eight or nine topics that will affect your lives from education to health to freedom, et cetera, et cetera. So go check those, those out. Um, okay. Let me, let me just mention here while I'm up at the top of my scroll here with these uh, websites and Facebook sites uh, to give you a directive over to elite universal security. If you need some security done for your business, your home, your farm, your industry, there has never been a time during this lawless political time where people are allowed to just go out in the streets and just burn places down, just walk into stores. I just saw where REI, which is a big REI, right? Is a, a big recreation store huge store very popular store in portland shutting down and safeway either it's either in san francisco or oakland been there for many 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 years shutting down why are they shutting down not because their sales are bad people are just stealing them blind we live in a lawless society today at all kinds of levels and businesses are not going to stay where the law enforcement will, will not have their back where politicians will not have their back many time law enforcement Wants to do the job, but politicians will not have their back. Elite Universal Security, you can go to work for them. Actually, they're looking for help. There's so, so much work out there, Elite Universal Security. You can go to work for them, or if you need them to help you, you can dial them up at 530-749-0280. 530-749-0280. And... You might think, well, I don't think they can help me. Actually, you don't know how they can help you because if you don't know anything about the security business. You can't make a good decision without good information. Call them up, 530-749-0280. Tell them what you the, ask for Monty Hecker ask, and tell them what the problem you have, and you might be surprised the ideas that he can bring up. I've talked to him many times about situations I've had, and I'll think, oh, I didn't think of that. They have a, a wet, couple websites, Elite. That's E-L-I-T-E, universalsecurity.com. And they also have another uh, .com address at api-academy.com. And they'll tell you where they have jobs, where they have schooling, how to get on board with them. You could work part-time for them, I suggest. Many of you need part-time work now because the cost of living has gone through the roof, and I don't think anything's going to change. So it's just about going out and making a few more bucks, right? If you're living on retirement particularly and you still have some health, maybe you could work 10 or 20 hours a week and fill in that money deficit. So 530-749-0280, if you have a gun and you need to learn how to use it or some of these chemical sprays, you need to learn how to use it, they'll teach you. Uh, they also have a range. They can teach you how to shoot. If you've got a gun but you've never learned how to shoot it, go learn how to shoot it. They'll teach you. And, uh, all right. And I want to mention the plumbing doctor. They serve Yuba Sutter counties and they will do all kinds of plumbing things, not just clean out lines, but uh, like at my house, they've had to come in and tear out a wall and get into the inner wall where 
put in a new uh, fixtures where there was a leak. And uh, they've had to do a number of creative things for my place. So, uh, you know, some things simple like, unless you can do it yourself, they when they were here working on a project one day, they looked at my toilets, which is a very old home. They said, Lou, why do you still have those toilets? I said, well, they seem to be working okay. They said, yeah, but they're like using two or three times the amount of water every flush. Well, in Marysville, if you just think the word water, they charge you for it. It's very expensive here. In fact, don't don't rent a place in Marysville. If you're going to rent a place in the Yuba-Sutter counties, you don't want to come into Marysville because the water rates are phenomenal. It's three and four times as high as any other jurisdiction. But if you're here, you know what I'm talking about. And so I had uh, the plumbing doctor. They said, let us switch out your toilets. And I got a, I got a spiff from uh, Cal Water for it and uh, a little coupon or whatever they call it, discount, a kickback rebate. And from the people, they sell us the water. And then they installed the toilets for me and just unbelievable. Brand new toilets and uh, didn't cost me hardly much because I got the $50 kickback on each toilet and saved me all kinds of money every month. I like that. And no leaking or any of that kind of stuff. So Plumbing Doctor, you can reach him at 530-671-9111, 671-9111. That's a landline. Uh, and uh, I don't think you can text it, but it probably rings to wherever they are in the world because they'll, they'll answer at night and day and get you hooked up. So uh, we're going we're just coming to the end of our fifth segment. Now we got one more segment to go, and I'm just going to sc- scroll down here and pick it up. So, um, so what I'm telling you is that the government took your tax money and my tax money and bribed the hospitals, bribed the doctors. A big pharma also kicked in money. The host- our, our government and big pharma kicked in bribed doctors by. Uh, bribed your probably your church organizations in some cases bribed uh community cultural organizations NAACP type organizations all kinds of organizations to to confuse you and to lie to you and to think that the COVID-19 jab was good for you when it's actually going to kill you make you sick kill you and if you're honest, you're, you know all kinds of people in your circle of friends that are dying, that have died since that shot. You think, oh, well, he was old. Yeah, but he, was, he could be old and still live another 10 or 15 years and be in good health. So all of you know people that have been damaged. You know, you're just not willing to admit it. You're too embarrassed. Maybe you're a liberal. Maybe you're a Democrat and you think, oh, well, I don't want to eat crow, as they used to say, right? All right. So I'm just kind of moving down here. I'm picking up a couple items we can talk about as we close at the next uh, 20 minute clip we're going to do. And. Uh, oh, I like this next one. All right. So I'm going to talk about in a second. I'll pick this up, but I'll just introduce it. I talked to you about during the baby formula crisis how I began to really look at the what's in the baby formula. Uh, remember, we ran out of baby formula, supposedly, and you couldn't get on the shelves. And all these people that had always given their kids baby formula, like they got, they were on the WIC program where they got free baby formula. 
And then I finally looked at what was in that baby form. It's scary. I'll be right back. and 60,000 Americans had died, died from the cardiovascular consequences of Vioxx. In the same ballpark as the number of Americans who died in Vietnam, died from taking this drug. That didn't work any better than the medications it was supposed to replace. So today we're gonna look at why this happened and what we can learn from the story of Vioxx. 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 Okay, before we get too deep into the story of Vioxx, we need to understand why it even exists in the first place. Now, there's no shortage of horrible conditions that we've been looking for a magic pill to treat. And while each of these could be their own video, today I want to focus specifically on pain. And for pain, I want to look at two specific classes of medications, opioids and anti-inflammatories. Opioids are medications like oxycodone and fentanyl, which are extremely effective at getting rid of pain, but unfortunately they're addictive and have been responsible for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of deaths. On the other hand, anti-inflammatories are not addictive, but they're also not as effective as opioids. As a result, scientists have been trying to alter these medications to find a form that is both effective and not addictive. As for anti-inflammatories, aspirin was the first one developed, but then ibuprofen was developed as a safer alternative that happened to be more effective. Now let's take a look at how ibuprofen works, and that's by blocking two enzymes called COX-1 and COX-2, which work as a team to create inflammation which leads to pain in the body. By blocking these, you could see how someone would feel better. Unfortunately, COX-1 is also responsible for protecting the stomach, so by blocking COX-1, ibuprofen can also lead to stomach ulcers. As a result, scientists thought that if they could tweak ibuprofen to make a medication that only blocked COX-2, they could decrease the pain without causing stomach ulcers. And this is exactly what Merck did. They released it as a medication called Vioxx in 1999. These initial studies that led to the FDA approval were based on short-term use that showed it was at least as effective as other anti-inflammatories. But Merck wanted more. Merck wanted to show that this medication was not only safe for long-term use, but that it could be used for other medical conditions. So they came up with something called the Vigor Study, and the goal was to show that Vioxx could be used for long-term treatment of rheumatoid arthritis with fewer side effects than traditional anti-inflammatories. In 2000, researchers published this study in the New England Journal of Medicine that compared the gastrointestinal side effects of rofecoxib, which is Vioxx, to naproxen, which is similar to ibuprofen. And the initial results were great for Merck, as they showed that Vioxx caused less than half of the gastrointestinal side effects that naproxen caused. Unfortunately for Merck, the data also showed that people taking Vioxx had over twice the risk of heart attack or stroke, and they weren't expecting this. Now Merck tried to make up a couple lies to explain this. The first was that they said that naproxen had a protective effect against heart attack and stroke. And when comparing Vioxx to that, it made it look higher, which was just simply not true. And second, 
they said that the risk was only elevated in people with known heart disease. And this was later proven to be untrue as well, because they left out three heart attacks, all in the group of people that were considered low risk. Now this was in 2000, and despite the fact that they lied about their data and the risk was real, Vioxx stayed on the market. And over the course of the next few years, several independent researchers demonstrated that this risk was in fact real. And it all culminated in 2004 with the approved study. Now this study was meant to show that Vioxx could be used to prevent colon polyps, which are early stages of colon cancer. But unfortunately, the results showed that when compared to placebo, Vioxx carried twice the risk of heart attack or stroke. Now Merck tried to argue that this only happened after 18 months of usage, but still Merck had no choice but to take Vioxx off the market. And this officially happened on September 30th of 2004. Unfortunately, the damage had already been done. Analysis showed that over 20 million people had already taken Vioxx. And of those 20 million people, they estimate that there was about 88,000 to 139,000 heart attacks. And of those heart attacks, 30 to 40% were fatal. By August of 2005, there were already 13,000 lawsuits filed against Merck for Vioxx. And in November of 2007, Merck lumped all the lawsuits together and created a settlement fund of $4.85 billion, which at the time was the largest drug settlement ever in the United States. So what can we take away from the story of Vioxx? Well, I've come up with three things. First, we have to be cautious of all studies where someone's set to make a lot of money. As it turns out, the researchers are the only ones that see the raw data, and therefore they can manipulate it. The only way that anybody else is able to see that raw data is if that study is involved in a lawsuit. Second, we have to understand that with any medication, there could be unaccounted for risk. And the longer you take a medication for, the more likely you are to experience one of those risks. And finally, the closest thing we have to a magic pill right now for most chronic diseases is a healthy diet, a good amount of exercise, and getting enough sleep. And fortunately, these don't have negative side effects. I said, I need a gun immediately. The guy didn't answer, no questions. He just grabbed a 12-gauge shotgun, handed it to me. I'd never even held a gun before. I'm not a dummy, though. I'm like... Well, I need, some, I need some bullets, too. And the guy reached on the counter, put two box shells on the counter. He said, all right, buddy, which box do you want? I didn't know. One box had pictures of some ducks on it. The other box had pictures of some deer. I said, well, what's that box with them ducks? He said, oh, that there's bird shot. And then he goes, just like this, I'm not exaggerating, he goes, that won't kill a man. <laughs> he said, it'll just pepper him up nicely. I said, what? I said, well, what's that box with the deer on it? He goes, oh, that there's buckshot. That'll put a hole in the goddamn truck if you wanted to. So which box do you want? And he picked the one with the deer up and shook it. I thought he was trying to trick me. I was like, do you have a box uh, with a picture of a white dude trespassing on it? Because it's exactly the strength I'm looking for. This is our final segment of about 20 minutes, and um, 
I'll continue on with the baby formula thing. I I uh, I don't know. Well, I guess there's drug addict parents who are too screwed up to think about how to give good care for their kids. I don't know a lot. Just because people are drug addicts does not mean that they don't love their children. But uh, people, many people, uh, do not breastfeed, and they just go and get the formula. They get the free. In other words, the United States, we will pay for you to have your child and will pay for your, the feeding of your child. The, the sad part of it is that when – have you ever – do you read labels, the back, the back of the jar, the back of the package, and see what's actually in that package? Recently, you can go – you don't have to buy it to look at it. You can go online and just click on Infamil or Similac or Baby Formula, and they'll show cans – and you could do a close-up, and you can see what the ingredients are. It reminded me of drinking a soda. Soda. I haven't drinking soda, sugar in it, you know, for decades because it's hazardous to your health. And um, so I looked at the baby formula, and I thought, this is like giving them a cupcake, liquid cupcake with lots of sugar. And I thought, you know, when everybody's freaking, oh, I can't believe it, man. I, I, I need baby. I got a baby. I got to fill a baby. The, the women were totally freaking out like they couldn't figure out how to feed their baby. And I'm, I, I'm just assuming they can't breastfeed some of them. So let's just leave out the breasts and let's just think about food. How did people feed their babies if they had any problem with breastfeeding back in the day? So if a person wants to do just a little research, they can find out all kinds of naturally made liquids that are highly nutritious with no downturn. So now what we hear, like I told people when there was a baby formula shortage, I said, get off the baby formula. And, and there's probably parents who have all kinds of their own formulas. You can make the formula at home out of good ingredients without any garbage, without any chemicals in it, without any sugar in it, which makes your kid, you know, you see these obese kids, that's sugar. That's bad stuff in there. It just not doesn't mean the kid eats too much. He's eating too much of the wrong stuff. If you eat a lot of vegetables tonight versus eating a bunch, bunch of Snickers, you're going to look different in a few weeks. With a growing number of failures, or excuse, with a growing number of families pursuing baby formula lawsuits against the makers of Similac and Infamil, what, what do you think they're filing over? The failure to warn about the risks associated with the use of the product. The same thing we're talking about Oxy and, and the COVID shots. Same thing. These companies make stuff and hide the truth from you. So they failed to warn parents about the risks associated with the use of these two products that they mentioned here with premature infants. So it's called uh, necrotizing. This is an illness. Necrotizing enterocolitis. Enterocolitis. I just talked to somebody the other day that's got some bad colitis, but she's not a little baby. And they say when a baby gets necrotizing 
enterocolitis. They call it devastating gastrointestinal disease, which primarily impacts premature babes, occurring when harmful bacteria breaches the walls of the intestines, causing portions of the tissue to become inflamed or die. Intestine tissue. Condition often results in the need for emergency surgery while the baby is still in the ICU. And many infants do not survive this, this illness. Several families are now pursuing Similac lawsuits and Infamil lawsuits against the makers of cow's milk based. If you read the label, you will realize what your product that you're throwing down your kid's mouth. And they love because it tastes like a cupcake to them. The makers of cow's milk based infant formula products, it alleged alleging that Abbott Laboratories, who is Abbott? That's one of the big manufacturers. No matter what the label says, it's from Labbott Laboratories, Abbott. They have a they have a uh, somewhat of a monopoly. On formula going to these uh, WIC programs. And a second group called Mead Johnson. They failed to warn families and the medical communities that premature babies faced an increased risk of developing NEC, which is necrotizing enterocolitis. Enterocolitis. NEC. They faced an increased risk of developing that following the use of powdered formula compared to infants fed human milk. You know something, folks? You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, the day before, and I said, actually, it was yesterday. And I said, you know, the sad thing is about humans. I was telling them about back in the day when at the church I worked at, we decided to help people out for Thanksgiving, just to be kind. And so we gave out a turkey and all the things you would go with the turkey to make a turkey dinner, all boxed up. And so we kept track of the people's names. And um, so we did that for a few years. As the years went by, the, the business manager of the church came to me and said, Lou, I want to talk to you about this turkey giveaway. I said, yeah, what's up? He said that the people, the same people that years before were getting turkeys, were still getting turkeys. In other words, are you that kind of person? If you can afford your turkey or if you can afford whatever and somebody advertises free turkeys, do you think that that's for you since you could afford a turkey? Or do you think it's for set aside for those who cannot afford a turkey or can't buy one? They're on your money. We got some really bad, bad juju going on in American DNA now. It's called entitlement. It affects people, your friends. They think, oh, I'm entitled, baby. Yeah, I go to church. They don't want to give anything to the church, but they're entitled to call the pastor in the middle of the night, come out, pray for them. Their daughter's sleeping out, sleeping around town, sneaking out the window, doing dope. Their wife isn't happy with them anymore. Get the pastor out of bed. Get him over here. They, they're tight wad. They don't give anything to the church, right? And uh, that's entitlement mentality. Or the whole concept is when you go to get a job. Remember my dad, my first job, at 16, he lined it up, found a place for me to go to work. He said, Lou, don't don't go ask them a lot about what they're going to pay you. Just go and give them a hard day's work. Just work there. They'll pay you. 
And uh, today, one of the first things that people asked, Luke, can you get me a job? I said, yeah, I think I can get you a job. Well, how, how much is it, how much am I going to make? I said, well, you haven't even done anything yet, dude. You haven't done anything. That's a bad mindset, people. And we, we got people that just want free, 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 free. So everybody said, oh, yeah, I, I'm a little short on money, so I'm just going to slip off the breast milk, which is dynamite for children, wonderful for children, and put them on this crap. I used to think when I went to China, we were doing work in China, and I'd read articles over there about somebody made, they, they, make, they make their own formula milk over there, and they would arrest the makers of the formula because it would poison the kids. Kill, it would kill a bunch of babies because they would cut corners and put crap in there and put stupid stuff. And I think where we were, we were a step ahead of those boys. We were on a different level of integrity than those boys over in China until I looked at the label of formula. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is horrible for a kid. No wonder they're obese and they fight weight problems the rest of their life. We're starting them when they can't even make a decision on what they want, whether they want something super sugary. (laughs) Just... I can just go on and on. All you have to do is look at the, and and now it's just a scam. We actually give people free garbage. We won't give you a a good hamburger or piece of meat to eat or chicken or something to eat, right? We'll give you some garbage for your baby. That's what we're going to give you. And you know what it's all about? Getting the Democrats votes and, and conservatives are just as bad. They will not take it. Take it away because even if it's the right thing to do, they won't take poison out of the baby's mouth because they, they want to get elected. They don't care about your baby either because they're, they're being held over a barrel like the Democrats said, well, since the Republicans get in, they're going to take away your free food for your baby. I thought, when in America, where's the American DNA where people have babies and take care of their own baby, make their own food? feed their own child and not have to go to a government entity to get a handout to feed a new baby. Like it's some kind of a problem, like taking a stray pup. Well, I'll take the stray pup, but who's going to pay for the dog food? (laughs) I'll take that baby. Yeah. We had a lot of fun making that baby, but is somebody else? It's like I had a guy call me at church of glad tidings when I worked there. And he said, Hey, you know, he said, our baby died. And I said, Oh man, because I actually knew something about what happened because of other work I did. But I said to him, I said, uh, I, you know, I just expressed my sorrow of what happened because I knew what happened. He didn't know it, but I, I didn't say, oh, I know all about it. I just said, I'm very sorry, right? And he said, oh, yeah, he said, We're, we need to bury the child. I thought, okay, fine. When, when is it somebody else's responsibility to bury your loved one? whether it's a child or an old person. When do we do GoFundMe accounts? Why should the whole world pay your way through life? Whether it's send your kid to camp or it's you had the kid, buckle up, take a second job, take a third job, take a 40th job. Don't go out to eat. Pay for your own kid. Feed your own kid. Bury your own kid. Why, why does everybody else have to feel bad and bail you out? 
What, what kind of mindset? That's a pansy. It's a pussy mindset. That's not American mindset. That's not American DNA. Now we have, it's, it's amazing to me. I always thought, I, I always thought, man, we got corporations that are corporations of integrity, right? And then they feed them Similac and Infamil garbage. And now, you know, this has blown my mind. You know how you change a child's pants and you put some talc, talc, we, we call it talcum, but talc powder on them, right? Maybe it kept them dry right away and kept them from getting a rash. It turns out that causes cancer. Can you imagine that a company like Johnson and Johnson, that it's kind of got the good housekeeping stamp of approval from taking care of our families, right? Baby powder, the lawsuits, there's tens of thousands of lawsuits alleging J&J's baby powder and other talc products cause cancer. How can that be? How could a company allow that to happen? I have a son, a grandson that at one was diagnosed with Wilms disease, which is cancer of the kidney. If, if my daughter ignorantly or naively gave the child something that caused that, is that incredible that, that it would even be available in the United States with all the regulations we have? I know very few mothers that would intentionally damage their children. And then, then, then this product that, they, that every mother probably used, a baby powder, they have 38,000 lawsuits that have been consolidated in federal court in New Jersey alleging that J.J. talc products sometimes contained asbestos. Now, all the freakouts and nutso people, they go over asbestos. Oh, well, you know, we can't paint the city hall of Marysville. It looks like a dump, the city hall of Marysville. They're, oh, well, we can't paint it because they say there's asbestos somewhere. But J.J., Johnson & Johnson puts asbestos in their baby powder. And it actually caused even ovarian cancer or mesothelioma. All along, J&J has said its talc is safe, asbestos-free, and does not cause cancer. J.J., the, the plaintiffs claim that J.J.'s actions amount to a manipulation of the bankruptcy system by multinational conglomerates valued at more than $400 billion and in, li and, and in little danger of running out of money to pay cancer victims. You know something, folks? We need to take responsibility for our business and see where we're spending money and what kind of products we're buying because you better check out and see what's safe out there. See what's safe out there because you may be ingesting something that you think tastes right, seems right, putting powder on your baby, getting powder on you, and uh, it's just causing big problems. Causing big problems. Claims for proposed 
settle all the claims right now, $8.9 billion. But, I mean, aside from the money, aside from the money, look at the damage that's done. We just got a few minutes left, but uh, it's not surprising that many of the third world countries, the poorest countries of the world, don't want anything to do with vaccinations because they're killing their people. And that it's interesting that third world countries did not take the jab at a very high level and thrive during the COVID thing because they caught on and they didn't did not have the propaganda that we do here. They're going to focus who UNICEF UNICEF is totally corrupt with pedophiles. So is who Gavi is Bill Gates's group along with Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. By the way, if you haven't seen Melinda Gates, the ex of, of uh, her husband tell about what it was like to be in the room with Jeffrey Epstein. She said, I really wanted to meet him because I'd heard about him. And she said, I, it was sickening to be around him. The vibes I got off that dude. Uh, and, and, uh, anyway, her, her, her uh, comments or non-comments about Bill Gates involvement with Jeffrey Epstein is, uh, it's what they say. It's an eye opener. And there's 20 countries that they're going to target, which account for 75% of children who missed vaccinations. You know, people just thought, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take any vaccination. These people are killing people, these vaccinations. And they're going to go out and they, you, you'll see, they focus on brown people. They go for the Mexicans, the blacks, and the Indians in India. People have lost confidence in the medical world. And for good reason. And a lot of the things they don't want, they shouldn't take. The vaccines are garbage. They're garbage. They're killing people. They're giving pe- polio vaccines that are giving polio to people. It's trouble. Now, finally, uh, I don't really have time. I'll maybe talk about it more in the live show. But California Community College are in a free fall. They've lost 30% of their enrollment. Uh, you heard the term now that's become very familiar, go woke, go broke. Colleges have gone woke, and a lot of people have, uh, you know how you can go to a restaurant and you think, oh, I'm not going to come back here. It wasn't very good food. And it was pretty expensive. Whatever, whatever. Bad service, bad something. So you don't go back. So not only do they lose their, your money, but they lose your advertising by telling people, oh, I was over there. It was so good, right? Students are walking out of colleges because they're saying they're teaching stupid stuff here. Big time, stupid stuff, gender stuff, uh, reparation stuff, nonsense stuff. And so, you know, if you're paying your way through college and you're working and and maybe you're not paying so much for the units, but you're uh, you're you know, you got to go work then you got to pay your utilities, you got to pay everything. And then you got to go to school, right? For a degree, whatever. People are leaving college, and uh, we've been talking about Yuba College out here, and I gave you the website for that or the Facebook site. You need to check that out. And there's a great uh, there's a great article. You can look it up on the Internet, California Community College, colleges, colon, at a crossroads. They are in trouble, people, big-time trouble. And they the only way they made it through COVID is because they just dished them a lot of money, not, not because of butts in the seat or registration. 
uh, we're over. We're, we're over for this day. And uh, so we'll be back next week. Lord willing. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night. And I think to myself,